0: This David. I'm talking to Scott Newton. Is that right? From it's
1: actually, Newland. Newland from yeah.
0: Mintcast, and he's here at Linux Fest Northwest. So how's it going, Scott?
1: It's going great. It's been a great, uh, great couple of days here.
0: So he's wearing a nice Mintcast T-shirt that was he talked about on the uh, last Mintcast where they talked about Linux Fest Northwest. He didn't have my size, so I let him give that to someone else. So you're here today. You've been in the area in the Oregon area then, mm-hmm. and came up just to be with the, at the Fest this weekend, huh?
1: Yeah, it worked out really well that, uh, you know, usually I'm based out of northwest Montana, and I had to come over for work uh, in the Oregon area, and that ended on Friday, and I had a chance to just hop in a car and drive on up. A little bit of a drive uh, to get from Mid Midway, Oregon, about Eugene area, all the way up to to the northern corner of Washington State, but Definitely worth it. And uh, after being here last year, I felt like it was something that, that I wanted to come back to. I wanted to have, a, you know, I really had a great time last year, and it was a, for me it was the first Linux Fest that I had been to. So being able to come back this year and have a much better idea of what to expect and the different sessions to, that I wanted to get to uh, was was not going to miss it. That's for sure.
0: Okay. And what sessions have you attended while you're here?
1: Uh, let's see. I just came from the hands-on Android development uh, session, which was great. It was three college students out of Northwestern. Uh, talked about some apps that they put together, had a slideshow, talked a little bit about Android development. Uh, obviously, in a 50-minute session, you're not going to learn how to develop Android, but uh, definitely gave people a start on it and fielded some great questions from, from the people who were there. Like all the sessions I've been to, this was standing room only. It's really something that's uh, that I did not see last year, but I'm seeing in every session I've been to this year, is the classrooms are full, and there's, like I said, it's standing room only. So that, that type of stuff is great. Let's see, I went to Brian Lunduk, who does the Linux Action Show, gives a Linux, Why Linux Sucks uh, conference and he, or talk, and he's done this at the conference, I think, for four years running, and went to that yesterday, and that was standing room only to the point where the they had to ask 15 people to leave the room because they were afraid the fire marshal was gonna come in and shut them down. So quite a few people in there, and uh, Brian did a good job, walked through some of the reasons why, you know some of the challenges that we, Linux users have seen for years. Some of them have gotten better, some of them have gotten worse. And, um, they, in fact, I think that's posted online uh, uh, on uh, YouTube. and If you are a Google Plus user, you can probably find it if you look at Brian Lunduke's stream out there.
0: Okay, Brian came by the HPR booth and said thanks for being here too. So, all the HPR listeners and.
1: Probably familiar with Brian and, yeah, and Chris and, the and Linux Action. And he said the- hello anyhow.
0: And so, thank you, Brian.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, uh, and he actually, in the, in the heels of the Why Linux Sucks, he gave a, his next talk was why Linux is great, and um, I actually went off to another, uh, to a Mint related, there was a Linux Made Easy uh, presentation where they were using, they were doing a live install uh, of Linux and walking people through and they were offering, if people wanted to, if they had laptops, they wanted to Mint installed right there, have Linux installed, or you could do it in a virtual box, and so I actually did not attend Brian's second conference. I'm gonna check out the video because it is up on on YouTube and Google+. But uh, that session was, again, centered around Mint. Um, The gentleman walked people through, and it was very interesting uh, and very enlightening for me because my thought coming in here was that most people at a Linux conference would be familiar with Linux. In that classroom, there were a number of people who it seemed like they had an inkling of what Linux was but not really a great understanding, and so they were really sort of newbie-beginner questions. And it really opened my eyes to to the fact that there's, there's room for that type of presentation at a Linux conference so that people who are new to it don't have to feel like a lot of the, a lot of the sessions here are what you would consider sort of uh, 200, 300 level, you know, if you're in college, you know, you're 201, 301, um, a few 100 level sessions, but even those with people who aren't familiar with Linux might feel it was over their head, they might walk in and after 15 minutes feel totally lost. And this session they was putting on gave people an opportunity to ask those questions, those newbie questions, uh, really gave me, gave me pause and made me think that you know potentially it's something that myself or, or somebody else would want to do next year, a very similar type of session, maybe structured a little bit differently, but uh, offer to, to newbies to, to get them you know, to bridge that gap from being somebody who has heard about Linux and is interested in it, to somebody who actually has it installed somewhere and can use it, can, can uh, experiment with it, and see if it's something that, that's for them.
0: I don't want to cut in here, really, but the, um, there is a tutorial that is here, and I had one experience with this. A young guy came by the HPR booth, and he wanted to get a boot installed on his laptop, and he had it with him in his bag, and so I took him in there. I tried to steer him toward Linux Mint, since that's what I use, I know a lot of the HPR guys to say, well, why didn't you go for Arch Linux or Slackware? But, yeah. um, I didn't. And then so I said, um, this fellow wants to get a Mint installed on his PC, and he said, no, he wanted to get a boot. And so, a young guy, high school kid, took him there, and just a few minutes later, he came by, and it had he had uh, had a dual boot process. Installed on his laptop so it was a big success.
1: Yeah, and that's, you know, you, I am glad you brought that point up because the tutorium that they have here that's a great place. Uh, and actually I need to make it by there. Last year when I came, I just went to sessions. Never made it to the game den, never made it to the robotics, never made it to the tutorium. And this year I've made it over to the game den. And the game den, I walked in and I felt like I was at a land party. And I don't know, Dave if you do land parties. I've yeah. I've done land parties in the past. I've I've talked about them on the podcast. Uh, they're a lot of fun, but this felt like a LAN party. Walking in there, there were people going, "Oh, you just fragged me!" or you know <laughs> these types of things. Yeah. And, um, and but I, I need to get over to the tutorial. I think uh, you know having that here, I think that the people here at Linux Fest Northwest do a great job in terms of all the different activities that they offer and the way it's spread out. I, I mean, I talked about the fact that it was standing room only in a lot of these sessions, but there are a lot of people here and they're spread out over this campus in a lot of different places. I had heard. Yesterday's numbers were approaching 800 registered, uh, registered attendees. I know more people have registered today, and so uh, when you think about the fact that there's 1,000, know, 1,200 people that have been wandering around here at any given time, the fact that you know, you're not clogged and bumping into people uh, really speaks to how they set this conference up and the, the great job that the people at the Bellingham uh, Linux Users Group and here at Bellingham Technical College do.
0: Okay, and did you go to the
1: Vivaldi
0: tablet session?
1: Yes, the Vivaldi, yes. Vivaldi, okay. Yeah, that's the KDE tablet that that, uh, Aaron Saigo is is working, doing yeoman's work, and trying to bring to market. Uh, It was a great session. It was actually one of the extended sessions, so it went on for for almost two hours. Uh, Aaron Saigo actually uh, came in via Skype and gave a presentation. He's based in Zurich, so Miracle of Technology. He was able to present a Uh, give a presentation to the people in the room to talk about the Vivaldi and what direction they want to go and why there is a space for this tablet in what people would consider a fairly crowded marketplace now with Android and and, uh, Apple devices out there sort of dominating the tablet market. And I was really impressed with the presentation and what they're trying to do. And originally I thought, you know, I have a a couple Android tablets actually that that I I play with. I wasn't going to look at a Vivaldi tablet, but after sitting in that uh, in that presentation, I felt that really what they're trying to do and the direction they're going it, it is very compelling, and it it really uh, there's a place for it. And I am actually I was trying to find out uh, ordering information and when or, when I could go ahead and order. And just for the listeners who might be interested, uh, eat live. no work play live work play live okay yeahcom is, is the place to go if you if you want it ordering information it's not available yet but it will be very shortly uh, sounds like within the next month there should be ordering up on there uh, so that you can get one if you want
0: so just for information I understand from talking to Carl Simmons that the um, delay in the tablet coming to market is because there was a different spec, that came down. Is that your understanding?
1: Well, my understanding and what Aaron Saigo said yesterday was that they actually were able to sort of move up the food chain in terms of ordering. Originally, when they were or, when they were looking at this hardware, they had to go through OEMs to 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 actually procure the hardware, and uh, and they actually met with the um, CEO of the company that actually builds the hardware, the company called Zenithink. uh and they met with him somewhere in Europe. And he actually, they were able to negotiate an agreement where they're going to be dealing directly with this manufacturer. So in essence, they've moved, they've cut a couple of couple of middlemen out. But in order to do that, they had to change some of the um, some of the, the contracts and, and agreements that they had in place, and that's delayed things. And I think there was, as you said, I think there was some changes in the in the actual spec of the device that that is going to be finally coming to market. So it kind of it did delay it. I think you know if, if it. If the listeners have been following the, the Raspberry Pi sort of process that that's gone through to get to market, I understand these are very complicated. Bringing anything to market is, is a very tricky and convoluted process and uh, has a lot of uh, pitfalls in it. And I think that uh, as these two projects are, are working their way through them, we, we need to be patient in, in you know, waiting for them. I think you and I spoke yesterday and said the real proof in this in the in, in Raspberry Pi is to actually see those things in the wild, see them in people's hands. So I'm really excited for that. I, I, it sounds like they're very close.
0: Yes. And I think that the thing that I'm excited about about the tablet is the open nature of it. Rather than having, I know Android is um, supposed to be, you know, it's based on the Linux kernel, but let's face it, it's locked up. Yes, And so is the iOS platform. So to have this KDE Active Plasma that's going to be open and be able to be developed by you and I, if we want to take the time to learn the language and get in there and hack that, I think is wonderful. And I hope it's successful and it does change the marketplace because I think there's a lot of applications where that can be used. And tablets seem to be popular, and I tend to want to use a netbook myself, but I might be convinced... When, I actually I'm going to buy one when they're available to, to use it and play with it and, then, and I will not spend my money on an iOS or a Android tablet device right now but I'm, I'm waiting for this and this is what I've been I have been waiting for it.
1: I think if you're someone who has used KDE and has looked at the activities piece of KDE the tablet is the, is the platform where activities really come to life, where they really shine they demonstrated this yesterday during the presentation where a tablet has the ability to, it, say your activities, you have acti- different activities like you're going to take a trip or you're a student in a class or you've got a presentation that you're going to be putting on for work and that becomes an activity and you create almost like a home screen for people who have Android devices and are familiar with this terminology. For that particular function, so for your trip, you create a home screen, and on there you have a map of where you're going, and you have the weather forecast, and you have your itinerary, uh, you have your flights and your hotel, and all that stuff, and you have some links on there. Now the device knows where you are, uh, it knows uh, it knows some things around there, it knows uh, it can it can do stuff for you. It can bring to the four restaurants in in your area. It's coming up around, you know, it knows what time it is. It's five o'clock you know, perhaps it can do things along these lines. And this is sort of the way that they're evolving the device. They actually brought an example to say, uh, if you're in a, in, you're in Seattle, and you want to go from West Seattle to the University District, you, the device knows you're in West Seattle. It also knows, because the information is there, it knows the bus routes. And it can tell you very quickly that you need to get bus 51 to downtown and then make a change at Westlake to get out there to the U District you know it, it can do all these things It can have all that information for you and this is sort of the direction they want to take it in but as we talked about different activities now you go to your presentation activity and you you actually go to that screen and all you see on that screen is the things around your presentation and so it, to my mind it was really this is this is the vision they had for activities when they made it for the desktop because for me I always struggled activities seemed like more virtual desktops that you see in other like a gnome will have virtual desktops activities struck me that way but really in looking at it on the tablet i really realize now the vision that's behind activities and i think this is where the where that tablet is really going to shine and people are really going to appreciate it
0: yeah what was else was really exciting to you about the fest here or something that really stood out I thought the, how about the race car booth
1: Race car booth is awesome. I, you know, I I like. Um,
0: That's with Pogo Linux. Pogo
1: Linux, they really yes. something. Um, uh, it's got it's force feedback taken to the extreme. You basically sit sh- sit in a chair. The chair's on shocks. You've got a steering wheel. You're sitting in a racing car seat. It's a three screen uh, setup. They're I don't know they're, 42 inch screens, um, and so it's sort of surround view. Uh, really something. That there's always a line for it. I have not done it myself. Um, probably won't while I'm here, just because there is always a line and. The, uh, but it's really something to see and uh, uh, my understanding is it stays in that guy's living room when uh, when it's not when he's not traveling and showing it off in different places so uh, we were saying either he's got a very understanding wife or he's not married <laughs>
0: yeah so did you see the um, server that was the mobile server
1: you know I've walked by it and I haven't seen it what 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 is that
0: well it's a it's a server rack that is has its own cooling and it has a propulsion system to be able to move it from place to place, and so I've got some information on it. I'm going to look at it a little closer, but it's really looked cool. It had um, lights to guide it by, and that, and it was um, it was pretty good size. I'm going to say um, two and a half feet wide, three feet tall, and um, four feet long. And they have different versions of that. And then it sounded like from the one that they talked about was I equated it to the fact that it could heat your house. Oh, wow. have that much power in it
1: what uh what were the what like so the one they have here what what were the costs were they, did they i didn't costs? even oh, look okay. at the cost yeah. i don't
0: think they're mentioning the cost it looks it's a very fine looking machine the sheet metal work on it and the paint is yeah like perfect and yeah. the um so but it's it's something i'm sure that is has a market and is available and they're here at the linux fest displaying that
1: yeah i just noticed some people walking by with one of the most popular pieces of swag here which is the bsd uh Devil horns yeah. that, that light up. The BSD booth here has uh, been doing a, a quick trade in those. They're really a, a popular one. In fact, I grabbed one for my daughter. When when I head home, that'll be my my piece of swag for her. It'll be the, the little devil horns.
0: Yeah, and there's lots of swag available, of course. And yeah. I like the arrangement on the general hall where the tables are at. And yes. as a I'm going to say a non-profit exhibitor's table, we're kind of grouped around the center. Mm-hmm. Then the commercial vendors are grouped around the outside. The hall is. I haven't been able to get away to go to a session because I put a video cam in the get session, but there has been yesterday, of course, just constant traffic through, and I've noticed people coming in today. There are Sunday only attendees. One of the gentlemen I was talking to said he had to work yesterday, but he was he was he was coming right in today to check things out. So I was glad we um, kept the booth manned today, and I've actually had my friend Brad from work. He's here. He's kind of helping out with the table there. So. That's been good because it looked like I was going to be doing this alone. So, anything else you want to share with the HPR audience?
1: Well, if I can just put in a quick plug for Mintcast. Let's do that. So, yeah. Mintcast is our weekly podcast. We generally focus on Linux Mint, but we are we do talk about all things Linux. Uh, we don't we're not exclusive to Linux Mint. Uh, we keep an eye on the on the open source scene in general. We typically will talk about news for. For about half the podcast, we cherry pick about five or six stories that, that we find of interest and we'll bat them around. I'm on the podcast with uh, two other co-hosts, Rob and James, uh, and we have a nice variance of, uh, of opinions amongst us and uh, different backgrounds.
0: Let's talk about the geographics here. You live in what state?
1: I'm in Montana.
0: and Rob and James are where?
1: Uh, Rob's down in Texas and James is over in Oklahoma.
0: So have you met either of them in I person? I have not. In fact, okay. I was
1: hoping James was going to be able to make it up to Linux Fest Northwest, and he was not able to make it. So, yeah, we've, we've never met. Uh, I've actually seen Rob on webcam, but I have not. I've seen pictures of James, don't know what else he looks like. We've been doing this for, for a year, and over a year now, and I, I know it's not a unique situation. I know there's a lot of podcasts that are, are in a similar s- setup. Um, but one of the things that we pride ourselves on is we, we've worked hard to, to have a good audio output. We work hard on our audio. We, do, we have a live stream, so that would be Monday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. We have a live stream. Uh, you can go to org to get information on, on getting to the live stream. We also, um, on Thursdays, we release an ed- edited version of that live stream. So we, we do, I was talking to you earlier about how we've kind of cut down on some of our editing, uh, but um, we do try and edit out a lot of the ums and and the the pauses and such, and to keep it flowing we we shoot for an hour in length sometimes we've been going over lately, but we recognize that an hour is really uh, where people want to be or where we want to be in terms of what we what we output so uh, if people get a chance to go check that out. I would recommend it it's uh, we try and keep it entertaining and, and we're always looking for feedback too if uh, if you listen and you something you don't like, let us know.
0: yeah, well, real good and I you know I listen to midcast every episode and I see the posting on Google Plus, and I think you have a Google Plus. Yep. For tell us what that is.
1: So I think it's just Mintcast out there. I, you okay. <laughs> we some of the stuff I didn't set up. We have other guys who set up. We do have. Uh, there's Mintcast on on Twitter and Identica as well. Okay. Um, and of course the website mintcast.org and the Google Plus page. So.
0: Yeah, I'll talk a little bit more about Mint as long as we're on it. Okay. So the um, people installing Mint, um, I'm a big fan because I'm not really an advanced hacker in that I use the computer for the things most people do for yep. um, searching the web and then but I have gotten into the command line a bit but when you download Mint and install it you actually are become part of this community and so the the help channels for Mint are what? What, so, would, you, what would you recommend people go to do when they need help in Mint?
1: Okay so there's a great forum out on the uh, mint site so i think it's just linuxmint.org
0: okay
1: uh, there's also they have some IRC channels if people use IRC they're on the spot chat server and they are linuxmint-help there's linuxmint.chat and then there's a, a pimp my mint which is a general conversation which uh, can be sometimes not safe for work but, okay uh, uh, the Linux Mint help and, and Linux Mint are, are great ones. There's always people in there. They actually have people from the community responsible for being in those. In those, they also have people who are responsible for the forums. So the forums are moderated, uh, and you can find great answers there. Uh, typically, when you Google Linux Mint and any kind of question, you're at least some of the results you're going to get are going to point you back to the forums. So great places for for help there. Um, Obviously, the forums you're going to post and you're going to wait, or sometimes you're going to find the answer to your question just by searching them. IRC, typically you get faster answers because there's people on there. Um, you know, I don't need to say that, but obviously proper netiquette is, you know, you don't want to go in shouting all caps or demanding answers. Everybody on there is a volunteer, um, not unlike, you know, not unlike yourself. They're, they're doing this for, for to help people out. So. Obviously, you want to you want to proper you practice proper netiquette when you're when you're on there. So
0: okay, real well, good. Anything else you want to tell the HBR audience?
1: No, I just uh, if you ever get a chance to attend a, a Linux fest, uh, you may not be in the Northwest. You may uh, we've talked about some other ones. Um, I know Scale down in Southern California, Ohio Linux Fest. There's a Northeast Linux Fest up in Worcester, Mass. Um, there's one in South Carolina, Southeast Linux right. Fest. Uh, I heard somebody talking about Indiana Linux Fest. Right, there's mm. some. Uh, there's some great ones. The nice thing they gave us uh, in our hands out when, when we walked in with our registration here at Northwest Linux Fest was a listing of all the festivals that they were aware of across the United States. And um, I would imagine you guys have listeners outside the States as well. Europe always seems to have something going on. If you have a chance to attend one of these, it's great. It gets you energized. It, it, um, you come away with ideas. You come away with having met people. Uh, Dave and I hadn't met before I walked in the door uh, the other day, and, you know, you, you build relationships, and, and like I say, you get energized, and it's a lot of fun, and I'm really glad I'm here this year, and hopefully your listeners will get a chance to attend one when they get a chance.
0: Okay, real good, and so I can smell that barbecue, Shall we hit it for lunch? Yeah, we should. Okay, thank you, Scott. Thanks, Dave. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binref.com. All binref projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.